0: A donation has been made to the Multiple Sclerosis Association of America in support of their participation in this program.
1: Hi, my name is Christine Porath, and I'm a professor at Georgetown University's McDonough School of Business, and I study respect and civility in the workplace, and how do we create more thriving workplaces, cultures for people. And I'm so pleased to have you here, Gina Ross-Murdoch. Could you tell us a little bit
0: about your background Sure. Thank you so much, Christine, for having me here today. Um, I am the president and CEO of the Multiple Sclerosis Association of America. We are a patient advocacy organization that's been in existence for 50 years next year. I'm really mm-hmm. servicing those living with multiple sclerosis, whether it's the person living with MS, care partners, healthcare providers, or employers. So, to give you a little bit background of background of, of multiple sclerosis, it's a disease of the central nervous system where there is damage to the nerve cells and the the kind of the wrapping around the nerve cells, which is called myelin. The symptoms could be very mild between numbness and tingling, or they can be much more severe for mobility issues. Uh, Women are three times more likely to develop multiple sclerosis than men. Um, And it's usually diagnosed between the ages of 20 and 40 when people are really starting their careers, their lives, getting going, uh, when they need to be most productive. And some of the major symptoms that impact employment and life are cognitive issues and fatigue. So that's really a concern. Uh, previously, we thought that there was about four hundred thousand people living with multiple sclerosis, but there's a new article that came out in a publication, Neurology, that it's a little bit closer to one million people living with wow. multiple sclerosis across the country. So more than double what we had originally thought. So when you add care partners onto this, this is a significant impact to the U.S. economy, to healthcare, to employers. So you know, it really it is a really important point that we want to bring up. In the past, we have thought that that, uh, there was certainly a geographic component to multiple sclerosis where you're finding a higher prevalence rate farther away from the equator. Um, But we are seeing uh, multiple sclerosis in a wide variety of of, uh, populations, an African-American population, Asian population, Hispanic population. Um, So there really is multiple sclerosis throughout the country.
1: And what are some of the consequences or the impact on people and their quality of life that have been diagnosed with MS generally?
0: Sure. As we talked about, the cognitive issues and fatigue issues are the ones that really impact people working and and kind of their career path. But there's other common symptoms of MS that really can impact their lives. That can be anxiety, or depression. It could be vision issues. It could be speech difficulties. It could be bowel and bladder issues. It could be mobility issues. Um, these really affect quality of life and, and certainly can impact performance. Um, and as the disease, it is a progressive disease, so they can worsen over time. So that can really continue to impact quality of life as well as um, work performance. Um, and people really connect themselves. With with who and what they are in the workplace, so when something comes into their life like multiple sclerosis or any chronic condition, and changes how they see themselves, how they define themselves, that really can have an impact on on how they perform and how they view life. Thankfully, we have a number of FDA-approved medications currently that really look at um, impacting the disease and the disease progression, uh, as well as exacerbations or flare-ups of the disease, as well as some Of the symptoms. So, um, we do have certainly treatments available for people living with MS, looking at the disease itself, but really the quality of life and the management of MS.
1: And along those same lines, how might the challenges like lost productivity and absenteeism
0: impact the organization itself? so it, it you know we're looking at there's a possibility with with absenteeism and presenteeism, um, it might be obviously if that person is not able to be fully in the uh, in the workplace what yeah. that's going to do to their area their department what that might be um, there also might be some resentment from other employees about somebody who's getting an accommodation or maybe having a performance issue and then anxiety for the person living with multiple sclerosis on on kind of being the recipient of some of that anxiety or or decreased performance sure so what
1: let's talk a little bit more about that what are some things that companies can do to make the work environment more comfortable or flexible for someone living with MS, well,
0: wonderfully, there's a lot of things that an employer can do. You know, there, people are moving a lot more towards telecommuting. Sure. So certainly, within issues of fatigue, if the job allows for it, and they can actually work from home a day or two, that would be a great accommodation. Flexible work hours, if somebody's able to start a little bit earlier in the day, that certainly would be helpful. There are tangible uh, helps that a corporation could have, could offer for desks, chairs, those types of things, but also um, if somebody's having cognitive issues, if they could be in an area that's a little bit quieter so they can really focus. If somebody's having bowel and bladder issues, if they can have a, a desk or a workspace closer to the bathroom. Those are the types of things that employers can really do that will make such a difference of somebody living with multiple sclerosis, but could really impact their entire population with chronic diseases.
1: Yeah, I love those specific examples. And I just know from my own and others' research that it makes such a difference if people feel a sense of psychological safety or a sense of trust and respect Mm -hmm. so that they feel comfortable, for example, speaking up about any issues or concerns that they're having more generally. Mm -hmm. And we know that that impacts whether it's team performance, individual performance, creativity and innovation, uh, retention. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it drives individual team and organizational wins. And it sounds like that's really quite crucial to people that are dealing with MS or any chronic
0: illnesses. Absolutely. I mean, we all feel when we are appreciated and we feel valued. Anybody would react positively to that. So I think that corporations and HR professionals have a wonderful opportunity, really, to create a culture of collaboration when they're dealing with somebody who's living with a chronic disease, whatever that might be, because that shows that employee that they're valued, that the company is innovative, willing to work with them, looks at the value of their contribution to the overall success of the company, and that reverberates out to so many other employees that may not, maybe wonderfully do not have a chronic in their lives. Right. But they see what that corporation and the HR really taking a lead in creating that culture of inclusion can do. And that can have a real positive effect on overall corporation and the person living with MS and how they're viewed by their co-workers
1: and the environments. And I know one of the things that managers and leaders can do is really small steps like saying hello, how are you doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> acknowledging people, uh, giving credit to people, uh, listening very attentively. Mm-hmm. All of those small things make a huge difference to people as far as do they feel like this is someone that has their best interests at heart? Do they feel like they could bring, you know, any issue they're having, much Mm -hmm. less a health issue, to the table? When we talk about workplace accommodations for people with MS in the workplace, what does that mean generally? I imagine that that's really challenging, making the decision about whether to disclose when to disclose, Mm -hmm. is there anything that you found either from the person that's been diagnosed or from the HR side of things Mm -hmm. that would allow for this to happen more naturally or allow for a better result in the conversation? Sure.
0: So what we talk about is a really individual decision, and there's no one size fits all for how to disclose. So we really talk to people about um, really thinking about what your career goals are. You know, what is the reason that you would want to disclose. And I think it comes in, what do, you, what do you hope that conversation looks like on the other side of it? So really kind of thinking that through, you know, uh, what is the disease progression you've had? What is it based on performance? Have you really looked at how the corporation has dealt with others living with a, a chronic condition? Can you get a sense of the company? So there's a lot of really personal decisions. And we really talk to people, again, knowing their rights, but really having a good, good conversation internally with family, friends, maybe their healthcare provider and really getting a sense of what do you want that, what is, looks like success for you right. and on the other side of it, um, but there really is no good time, bad time uh, a way of disclosing. It's, it's a very individual decision because some employers are wonderful and some really don't understand. Um, so you've really got to think about it because people are concerned about job security, career advancement, It's a very individual decision. And how about on the employer side
1: of things? How can they demonstrate some sense of partnership, as you mentioned, which Mm -hmm. is so key uh, for anyone, (laughs) but certainly those dealing with any kind of chronic illness? Uh, What would you recommend that might impact their ability to do their job well and Mm -hmm. to feel comfortable having these conversations?
0: So I really uh, encourage the HR professionals to become um, educated on – Chronic disease overall, kind of the impact. Not only, again, not only the person living with a chronic disease, but the care partner. They had. It's really in everybody's best interest, both the employer and the employee, yeah. that the employer take a really active, a proactive role in the employee health creating a sense where there can be discussions about healthy behaviors and access to support. And all of those conversations really sets up an environment where they can enable people to live well at their corporations and go forward. Um, The other thing that they can really do is set the bar from the first day. A lot of corporations go through orientations and they're having conversations about everything that they're going to be approaching in the corporation and setting it up that HR is somebody who you can rely on on you can go to and really setting that culture up for the new employees from the begin they have an opportunity to engage employees not only administer health benefits but really be a partner so I think that that's where they are. the other thing that I would suggest is for HR professionals is to get in uh, involved with organizations like mine and there's other health organizations right. patient advocacy organizations across the country um, that can provide them with a helpline that's confidential so they can ask questions um, we have a website that information there's publications. So certainly there are resources for HR professionals. And you said, we, we deal with a, a wide variety of corporations and professionals and encourage them to rely on us as a national patient advocacy organization. And they're in many disease states. Um, as a trusted source of information to help them to educate themselves.
1: And, you know, many millions of employees at U.S.-based companies are covered by group health plans and prescription benefit managers. What role do these stakeholders have, if any, Mm -hmm. uh, in providing support to companies and employees with chronic diseases such as MS?
0: So a lot of the the, the, uh, PBMs and the health plans actually do provide uh, information and programs to both the employer and, and the employee. But sometimes it does get confusing on who's calling. So especially if you're dealing with a chronic disease, you're probably dealing with a specialty pharmacy. So you may be getting a call from the specialty pharmacy from the payer. It is a bit of confusion. Sure. So um, any way that they can help streamline that process, especially with somebody who's dealing with a chronic disease that might be dealing with a lot other things going on in their life, expediting that conversation and streamlining that would be extremely helpful. We as an organization has also got um, been involved in employer health coalitions. Okay. And what they are is they are collaboratives of corporations, small, medium, and large throughout the country, regionally based. And they come together. They're the professionals that are really focused on employee well-being and benefit design and all of those kind of health areas of the companies. And they share ideas. They look at best practices. They look about what what's impacting businesses in their particular area. So we as a patient advocacy organization have actually joined one in Philadelphia and New York. So we're at the table. We can hear the pain points for the employers. We can hear what they're struggling with. And we can be that bridge of that voice between what the the payer is looking at, the employer is looking at, and the patient needs, and try to be the translator between all of those. So I think it's also um, being in the conversation is critical.
1: That makes a lot of sense. What question should HR professionals or benefit managers at employers be asking of healthcare plans or their PBMs to ensure that they're maximizing care for their employees with chronic diseases such as MS?
0: So I think that one of the things that they should be asking is, is the process for if somebody was diagnosed and accessing the health care, the plan, as easy as possible. These, you know, so you're talking about somebody who's dealing with multiple sclerosis, has a wide variety of symptoms and issues, but any chronic disease, they're dealing with a lot. Trying to get somebody through the process as easily and expeditiously as possible so that they can follow the protocol uh, dictated by their doctor. Um, it, it, it decreases some anxiety. It gets people on where they need to be. So I would say that are they asking? Are they reviewing the processes with the yes. PBM, with the healthcare, with the healthcare provider, with the health plan? And is this most most expeditious to get a person from diagnosis to treatment to work as as quickly as possible? And expeditiously as possible for everyone's benefit. So it sounds like being very proactive generally. Exactly. You know, being knowledgeable,
1: uh, increasing your awareness on not only MS, but chronic illnesses, given how prevalent they Mm -hmm. are, sadly. Today it is, but
0: I I I also think that the one the wonderful thing about it is from an HR perspective and a corporate perspective, even even though they're maybe focusing on the chronic conditions, being that type of employer has a wonderful ripple effect in all employees. So I think that there certainly is a holistic view of of the way that they treat uh, chronic disease has a potential benefit to the entire workforce. Absolutely. And I know just working with organizations, you get a
1: reputation for your culture. That has, you know, lots of ripple effects, certainly internally, leads to greater productivity Creativity, uh, also retention is huge. You know, you mentioned the talent aspect, and absolutely. P- keeping talent, absolutely. And so, I think that that's huge as well. But also reputation, you know, outside of mm-hmm. the confines of the organization, where you know people want to work there, they want to do business with mm-hmm. with companies that are providing these kind of safe spaces and you know cultures where people can really thrive.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I, I do think that there there is. Is that wonderful ripple effect of, of how they're addressing that and and i think that that goes towards overall reputation of the company and and you know certainly where that might be in in you know i don't know where that would be in the business yeah. and, 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 the, and kind of the environment but doing well and looking at, at these these policies and these practices and truly living it from top to bottom, um, I think can only do well for the corporation, for the employees. Certainly, again, feeling valued and being proud of the company that you're working for because they are proactive and innovative and inclusive um, certainly reverberates from, from within. And, you know, certainly people see that from outside. Definitely. Well, I just want to thank you so much for
1: being here and educating us on how to care for folks with MS as well as the conversations to have if you may be uh, diagnosed with MS or other chronic illnesses for that matter. Thank you for having me. Thanks for your time today. For those listening, be sure to check out the MS Workspace website at ms-workspace.com. There, you'll find resources that can provide additional support to employees in your organization as well as a very unique MS estimator tool that can help give you a sense of the impact MS may be having on your company right now. So visit that MS Workspace website and thanks again for listening.